Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to the Learning Unlocked podcast, presented by Open Sesame. Taking a deep dive into the global world of learning and development with practical tips and tricks, along with insights from leading brands and the people that make them work. This is Learning Unlocked. Now, here's your host, Brian Berger. My guest is Jody Rabinowitz. She is the head of talent and organizational development for Zoom Video Communications. Jody, thanks for joining me on the Learning Unlocked podcast. How are you? My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So tell us a little bit about your job. What does it mean to be the head of talent and organizational development at Zoom? So I think of my job as being responsible for the engagement, development, and enjoyment of being a Zoomie from the minute employees walk in the door. The second Zoomies walk in the door, my team welcomes them with an onboarding experience, giving them a holistic dip into Zoom's culture and what it's like to be here and um, for the privilege it is to be a Zoomie. So if you think about that as the beginning of their journey, I work to make sure that they're constantly learning, that they're having good experiences with their managers. They feel that there is a career path for them, that they're listened to and needs responded to through an employee engagement survey. So I say I'm the happiest part of HR. So Zoomy, that's what you call the employees, huh? Yes, Zoomies. We are Zoomies. That's great. I love that. Yeah. So you came from the Metropolitan Museum of Art. This is quite a change for you going from that to this, right? Totally, totally strange, but a fun kind of strange. I'm really lucky to have such diverse work experiences. I mean, I always say that the people and the issues are pretty much the same. It's just the house that you live in is different. Certainly the Metropolitan Museum house is very, I mean, it's physically incredible, right? And how, and filled with amazing art and, and, and sculpture and, and objects. Right now, we're all virtual, so the objects we live in are our couch and our laptops. But people issues, you know, people want to be developed, people want to be seen, they want to be heard. I mean, those things don't change just because the house is different, right? Certainly at the Metropolitan Museum of Art, you know, we never had to worry about scale the way we are at Zoom, right? I mean, the Met wasn't hiring at the rate of 200 people a month. Very different very different situation there. 
But, you know, the, the issues, again, of engagement and performance and well-being, I think those are pretty universal. So 200 people per month, how do you manage that type of growth? That's got to keep you pretty busy. Yeah, everybody is busy. Everyone's working really hard. It's a lot to absorb new people while I would say like, you know, we're, we're building the Ferrari while it's on the track, but it's also really exciting. So much energy and enthusiasm and commitment and people feel just excited to be here and be part of this journey. And also to know, you know, that we are a company that literally is keeping the world connected Everybody has a story about, you know, how Zoom has maybe changed their personal lives as a result of COVID, um, maybe seeing family more via via the web, you know, via, via video, or connecting to, you know, high school friends, or, I mean, all those kinds of stories. Um, people feel proud to be part of that experience. I'm interested. Do you guys have like a story bank or, I mean, I'm sure yes. there are all those stories. So how do you like keep track of those so you can share them as a company? So we have a lot of different chats. We're very active chatters through our chat channel. One of the store, one of the uh, channels is inspiring stories, cool and inspiring stories, which gave birth very early on in the pandemic because the tool, the, you know, the, the product wasn't originally made for, you know, for soccer moms or, you know, grandparents, or it was, it was made for enterprise, but there were all these great stories that people had posted about how they use Zoom that were super heartwarming that made it into our chat channel. So that's one way, and it's still very active. That's one way that um, we capture stories, share stories. And I'm, I'm sure marketing has a my guess is marketing has a sort of a formal way to, to create archives. Um, and they probably collect customer stories. I know they collect customer stories. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I Like you said, I'm sure there's a lot of great stories to tell. And it's always interesting to me how those stories get from the customer to the spokespeople for the company, in this case, Zoom, so that they can share those stories when they're doing interviews or you know talking to people uh, in a public-facing manner. Again, I'm not on the sales side. So I, I can't imagine that customer stories, I'm sure customer stories are generated from, you know, customers that are used in when they're selling, you know, to give an example of how it's used. I mean, the stuff that made the Zoom chat, which everybody saw, right? Remember the judge talking to somebody and he had his cat face on and he couldn't get the cat face off? Yes. So he's like, I'm not a cat, you know, th like those kinds of things. Or we did like the first adoption on Zoom, you know, made it to the made it to the channel. And then teachers tell stories, those kinds of things. We have stories from, you know, kids, teachers or um, during the holidays, Eric, during it, all hands, um, read a couple of thank you notes from CEOs of our you know, customers that their CEOs about how Zoom really was a lifesaver. I mean, I know firsthand from working with employees in, in the beginning of the crisis that they were listening to a lot of stories of customers expressing their gratitude for helping people to keep their jobs. More of Learning Unlocked is coming up after this. Diversity, equity, and inclusion continues to be a top priority for businesses everywhere. Open Sesame has created a survey that will give you insight into where your organization stands on diversity. 
Aside from being educational, this survey is a powerful tool to help you understand areas of improvement and spark conversations about strategies for creating a more inclusive and equitable workplace. After you take the short survey, you'll get access to Open Sesame's DEI Toolkit, an online hub where you can find additional resources. Visit opensesame.com today to start your survey. Back to Learning Unlocked. Here's Brian Berger. It's so interesting because, like you said, uh, since the start of the pandemic, many companies are operating fully virtual, and Zoom has been like the tool to help people do that. So here you've got the company and people work for Zoom. How do you engage them and how do you stay in touch with them and manage them during this time? You just mentioned like chat channels, but are there other ways that you stay in touch and engage with the employees since it's virtual? Oh gosh, yeah. I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I'm with employees all day, all the time. I mean, our tool, so Zoom boomed really because honestly, I'm not in sales, but we have the best tool on the market. We have an amazing, amazing product super easy to use, right? So you hear stories of like little kids, you know, preschoolers using it and talking to teaching their grandparents how to use it. You know, there's a whole bunch of audiences that opened up, right? Because of the ease of our tool. And so we use our tool, you know, not, not only for training, but things like we have a Zoom rendezvous where um, once a quarter, you just show up spontaneously. And like last year at this time, it was like, tell me a story, like your favorite Halloween costume story or something like that. And you just randomly show up and they put you in a, they put you in a zoom room and a breakout room and you meet, you know, six zoomies that you may not know. So we, we use our product all the time to stay connected to people. What's the best way to retain employees now? Again, things are changing so drastically and um, some employees are, are virtual only, What's the best way to retain employees? I ask that question a lot on this show because it's one thing to acquire a talent. It's another thing to retain the talent with things like learning and development. Like it, It's a sweeping question, but I'll give you a sweeping answer. The best way to retain talent is to pay attention to them. <laughs> you know, what are their needs? What are their wants? How are you meeting their needs? You know, are you stretching them intellectually? Are you giving them work assignments that are going to help them to learn or experiencing or experience something in a different way. If they're saying they're overworked, what are you doing about it? If they're saying they're not challenged, what are you doing about it? If they're saying I'm not, not getting the kind of communication I want, what are you doing about it? So if you want to retain employees, you need to stay in constant dialogue with them. It can't be, you know, you're, you're absent. And that's just so fundamental. And, you know the story, right? People don't know they're they're valued until they're they're walking out the door because they're never they're never told or those kinds of conversations aren't happening. So it's just so simple and and yet sometimes hard for people to do is to make that a priority. When was the last time I checked in? But not just like checked in about how's your work going, but really checked in. How can I support you? What what are you needing? Those are so such fundamental things that, that don't often happen. And by the time somebody is saying, I'm leaving, it's too late. So the best way to retain employees is take care of them by, you know, listening to their needs and doing your best to meet their needs. And if you can't meet their needs, having a dialogue or having a conversation about it. 
And doing that in this world today, you know, it used to be you walked down the hall and you sat in someone's office or they came to your office or you met in a conference room. Now, a little bit different because you're using a tool like Zoom to have these conversations, right? Yeah, but it doesn't matter. I sort of feel like were you as attentive to somebody who is sitting three seats away from you while you're in the office as, as you were now? And I think managers that weren't attentive to employees while they were in office who were sitting three seats from them are, are, not being as, are, are being equally as unattentive to them now, right? And managers who, you know, were aware of, of you know, how their employees were doing that were three feet away, away of them are aware now. I mean, in some ways, this tool, I think, you've been, like, creates a greater sense of intimacy. So you can chat, you can make a date, but you still need to be deliberate in caring. And so whether they're two feet away or across the country, you still have to be deliberate in being curious and thoughtful about how you can support this person and retain them at work. I think it's an excuse to say that, you know, we're all virtual and therefore it is hard. It's harder because you don't have some of those informal things like bumping into them at the lunchroom and having some of the dialogue where, oh, how was your you know kid's baseball game or something like that? Or if you have the same pattern and you meet in the bathroom you know every day at 11 o'clock, those things don't happen. But it doesn't mean you can't, you know, for me, I call it green dot stalking. If I see someone's green dot is on, I can spontaneously give them a call and say, <laughs> you know, can you, can you chat? Or making a 10-minute you know, drive by and then and seeing them face to face via Zoom. So I think if you care, you got to make the effort. No, I think you've raised some really great points there. Is there a cadence for how often managers should be checking in with the people that work for them? Is it once a week? Is it more than that? How do you come up with the right cadence for kind of checking in on all those things that you just mentioned? Super duper. I could not answer that question um, for anybody but my own people. Again, part of being a good manager is understanding what makes your person tick and what they need. There are people that I manage that like a lot of structure and like to know that they're checking in once a week and they come with an agenda. And there are people that I manage who are like, I'll see you when I see you. I'll, I'll reach out if I need anything. So it's about understanding the style of your of your person and their preferences, along with your personal style and preferences. If you, as a manager, need a lot of structure and like a lot of structure, then you can meet with your people once a week. Um, my team meets once a week for um, a half an hour stand-up, which is a little bit sort of informal, what's on the fly, quick check-in, and then we meet once a week for an hour with, a, with an agenda, a formal agenda. So, but it's super individual around what makes what makes your team tick and what makes your people tick more of learning unlocked is coming up after this open sesame helps companies develop the world's most productive and admired workforces how by having the most comprehensive catalog of e-learning courses from the world's top publishers publishers like ted and harvard and having courses that cover learning topics like diversity, equity, and inclusion, leadership development, safety and compliance, and wellness. Try a course for free today by visiting opensesame.com backslash course of the week. 
At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Back to Learning Unlocked. Here's Brian Berger. All right, I've got to have you settle something since you work for Zoom. My daughter goes to school and, you know, she's back in person. But when she was home learning, the teachers did not require the students to turn a camera on. And to Mm. me, if you're in a meeting with someone, whether it's a student or a coworker, if someone doesn't have the camera on, I start to wonder why don't they have their camera on? So my rule is always, hey, if we're meeting, please turn your camera on. And turn your your audio on, obviously. What do you think of that rule? Am I going too far with that? Or do you think, hey, if you're on a platform like Zoom, turn your camera on? We're a very turn your camera on culture. Yeah. We just are. Yeah. So, um, I mean, if you, and, and like, and if somebody doesn't turn their camera on, they're like, I'm sorry, but like I'm eating a sandwich or I'm making dinner, but we are very much a turn your camera on culture. And if you don't, again, it's like there's a, there's a qualifier. It is, it's, if the idea is to try to create a meritocracy where everyone's voice and face is seen and everyone's box is the equal size, then we need you to turn the camera on to engage. Now, you know, I, I, you've heard the, the expression zoom fatigue, right? It's sometimes, it's tiring or hard to be on all day, but then it's a contracted conversation, you know, in the beginning. Hey team, I've been looking at the at myself all day on camera. Let's all turn the camera off. I've never been on a call like that, but I'm just saying mm-hmm. that that would be a fair response, right? We're we're a camera on culture. So I, and it's I, really weird when people half the people are on, half the people are off. Right. So then like you don't believe that the people that are off or actually engaged. Right. So I think yeah. that's an interesting dynamic, the hybrid dynamic where, you know, some people may be in person, some people may be virtual or, you know, look, if you're running through an airport or you're picking your child up at school and you can go audio only, I get it. But if you're doing that on a regular basis, I think turning off the camera is as you described, it's, you just kind of wonder like, why don't they have their camera on? What are they really doing now? And are they engaged and paying attention? Most of all, yeah, yeah, no doubt. So, so yeah, that's 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 how we roll. We're we're a camera on culture unless otherwise specified. Before I let you go, are there any trends that we should be paying attention to when it comes to meeting via Zoom or meeting virtually? Again, two years ago, a lot of us weren't used to this. We're now used to it, but are there any trends or any hints you would give that people in the workforce should be paying attention to things that might be coming? Trends. Um, well, our product, you know, is just going to get more fun and more engaging. And, and, you know, we have all these zoom apps that will eventually you'll be a a platform and you'll never want to get off. (laughs) Um, but I, I'll give you a trend that, um, like it, it, it's just, 
this isn't brain this isn't brain surgery. It's like I'm not I'm not I'm not talking from the, the ivory tower. I'm just gonna talk super duper pragmatically here. <laughs> okay. okay. So we've had a glimpse Managers and employees have had a glimpse into each other's lives in the most profound way these past 18 months, right? I mean, nobody has has been spared the anxiety or angst um, or pain or fear of this virus. Nobody. And so there's been a level of understanding other people's feelings and empathy that has been unavoidable. So if you are a manager that never liked to engage in feelings or an employee that was super, super private about their personal lives, this experience of of the pandemic has broken down some of those walls. And so I think there's no turning back from that. So when I say trend, I think of one day, if people do go back to the office full time, you can't undo, you know, an experience you've had with an employee or a manager with an employee where somebody was extremely vulnerable, right? Somebody died of COVID, somebody is extremely anxiety, you know, anxious as a result, or um, you know, somebody lost a job over it, or it's really stressful to, you know, homeschool three kids and manage your customers and, you know, manage your family life. Like it's just we've outed it all. And I don't think there I think that that lesson is a really important trend to bring back and to carry on, which is we're all human. Those so-called proverbial walls and the barriers between work life and family life, Mm. they're over. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how we take this experience forward. And I hope that um, it's made everybody a little bit more you know, just human and accepting. Yeah. I think you bring up some great points because those walls are down. And I mean, at the very basic form, we've seen the inside of most people's homes that we're talking to, right? So we're seeing inside homes, we're seeing kids running around, pets running around, uh, like you said, managing several things at one time or just looking at someone's furniture. So this has become very personal. And, and I agree with you. I don't think there's any turning back. We can't undo what we've experience the last few years. I think that's a really good point, Jody. Yeah. So I hope, I hope we carry that humanity forward that we don't forget, right? It's, it's, it's going to be a, an interesting journey. Jody Rabinowitz, the head of talent and organizational development for Zoom video communications. Jody, thanks so much for joining me on the Learning Unlock podcast. Oh, thank you, Brian. Such a pleasure to talk to you. And, and thank you for your interesting questions. Thanks for listening to Learning Unlocked, presented by Open Sesame. Download this and every episode on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Learning Unlocked is produced by Griggs Productions.